When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Skating Penguin Network Mailbag. I am Garrett Bahanna. Alongside me are my two uh, really on-the-ropes co-hosts right now, Robbie Noggle and Snail. Uh, really, before we started recording this episode, as we record in the evening of October 16th, uh, earlier in the day, I was I was sent some very, uh, very derogatory messages on X, Twitter, whatever it is. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can obviously see our reactions to this. But uh, I, I want you to know that effective immediately, I am hereby relieving Robbie and Snail of their duties. I wanted, as, as Robbie gives you the salute, uh, I, I want I wanted to make sure that I got this while we were recording. Uh, they have crossed the line far too many times. They have insulted me. They have insulted my my family. Um, I, I'm kidding. Of course, it is all in jest. However, what is not in jest is the fact that I eat all of my steak well done, and that will not change. Uh, that will not change for me, uh, and uh, you can continue to insult me. And Brian, I know Brian is going to listen to this episode uh, on Tuesday when it goes live. He was he was responding with Robbie and Snail uh, in that in that reply chain that we had started on Twitter. Uh, I will continue to eat all of my burgers and steak. Well done. You cannot change the DNA inside of me. Uh, but you know, as we continue this war of words between the three of us, we have some questions that uh, we are going to answer sent in by some lovely listeners. The majority of the questions this week do come from Brian. So once again, thank you, Brian, for giving us some content to work with as we are still in the early weeks of the NHL season. Uh, let's get it underway here. Robbie will take question number one. Snail will take question number two. I will take question three, and we will rotate until part one is complete. Question number one, Robbie, comes from Brian. John Bucigras said he wanted to see Ovechkin break the all-time goal record, which is going to happen, Brian believes, but Bucigras also wanted to see Sidney Crosby hit the 2,000-point mark. For that to happen, Crosby will need to average 71 points for seven more seasons, which would put him at age 43. How likely do you think Sidney Crosby hits the 2,000-point mark for his career? So far be it for me to be someone that doubts Sidney Crosby and his ability to do anything on a hockey rink. Uh, I kind of, I yeah, I crunched the numbers and I was looking at, seven, I mean, 71 points, what sticks with me is he shows no signs of slowing down at the moment. And if he can stack points the next two or three seasons, let's say he goes 
85 average the next three seasons. That's just throwing a number out there. Anything to lower the back end of what he would need in a season. I, I can't say it's impossible. I, I, I would put it at, I would say the odds are below 50%. 2000. That's a lot. Like that's a lot of points in today's NHL. This isn't the eighties and nineties where they were posting. Mario was posting 200 point seasons. Gretzky was posting 200 point seasons. I, I, I'm going to put it. It's not as good odds as Ovechkin breaking Gretzky's record, which I'm not sold that that record gets broken. I think it's probably over 50%, but all you need is one bad season. All you need at his age, all you need is one injury that knocks you out 20 or 30 games in a season. And all of a sudden that record that looked reachable is all of a sudden just that much farther away. I'm of the belief that if Ovechkin gets close enough, he's going to play until he gets it, unless he physically cannot play anymore. But I think I, I put the the odds of Crosby getting 2,000 just because he'd have to play until 43 at that pace. But if he can knock off, if he can average 85 the next three seasons just to knock that back end average down, I would not put it out of the possibility and even if we look back at this at the end of the season if he gets if he hits 100 this season that's 30 points over what he would need that 71 average um we refigure and we talk at the end of the season and uh maybe that number is completely different so right now it's just the play to 43 kind of thing for me i'm not one to fully doubt Sidney crosby doing anything but does he reach 2000 I would lean toward no, but uh, Brian asked me again uh, in April and we'll reevaluate after we see what Crosby posts this season. Do you think that if, uh, like, whether Sitter, do you think McDavid could get 2000 in his career? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I mean, not that he's going to post 100, 150 points every year, but if he's posting 120, 130 every season, I mean, he could easily get there he's not going to get to Gretzky's all-time total but um I could easily see him uh getting 2,000 um especially if now again if Edmonton would take a slide back like dry something happened to dry sidle because so many of his points come with come with dry sidle on the ice if he doesn't have that weapon okay maybe he slides back a little bit but at his current pace I think he could get it done given uh health and uh, uh, the team he's working with right now. All right. Question number two, uh, again, from Brian here, and we're going to snail for this one. Uh, I wanted to follow up on the weirdest thing for breakfast question that uh, Brian asked last week. Uh, Brian said he once had bratwurst for breakfast. Uh, he said he fired up his grill at 8 a.m., threw three of those bad boys on. Uh, also, that pizza that Snail mentioned uh, in our last episode, our last mailbag, um, he said, Brian said that he agrees with all of us that it sounded amazing and kind of like, uh, like the kinds of kinds pies and pints offers, uh, that Brian mentioned in the past. Um, Robbie, I don't think you were on for the, the pies and pints. No, that's, I, I was hoping one of you at least recalled it, but yeah. So, um, but do yeah. you have any familiarity with said establishment? I do not. You don't. Okay. Was that the one, Garrett? Did he say that was the one that was in like Virginia? Uh, was it in Morgantown? What, like Morgantown, West Virginia? 
was there i feel like that was the one where it was like was that the one that was in like i want to say like virginia or like maryland or something that that sounds right i'd have to go back and, and look off the top of my head I, I i don't know i can't remember but that sounds that sounds like uh accurate well let's see he fired up a uh, three bratwurst at 8 a.m one time i mean a bratwurst it, what's the difference between like a bratwurst and a breakfast sausage right i really like, like that's I don't a know good question have you like? I mean, if you guys have seen like the full English breakfasts and stuff like that, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, no. I, I, I don't think. Oh, Google full English breakfasts. Um, oh, it's it's massive. Oh, it's a it's, full English breakfast. Yeah, yeah, type in a full English breakfast. It's even for me like that would be like a really heavy breakfast if I'm. Yeah, that's a lot. But why is there beans? That's an English it's, staple. It's Britain. It's Britain. Don't ask the question. I just said, just Google the. <laughs> yeah. well, I just said, so you can know what we're working with. I'm going to explain everything. Are those um, just big t- tomatoes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Baked tomatoes. So hold on a second. This is a plate for breakfast. This is like, this is 2,500 calories, by the way. Least, it looks yeah. like baked beans. Yeah. Baked beans. Uh-huh. Uh, two uh, medium size. They look like your average uh, greenhouse tomatoes with. Yep. Um, Potentially, what what are they, like roasted maybe full though they're like a full tomato. Yeah, we've roasted. got two um are uh like poached eggs or, mm-hmm. or yeah, uh, some kind of egg yeah some sort of egg. Uh, I think those are those look like two blood sausages or something. They might <laughs> the, well. There's definitely blood pudding. Yes, that's what it's yeah uh huh. Um, um and then is that uh there's like a in this picture I'm looking at it looks like there's a piece of to- a half a piece of toast some bacon mm-hmm. um some sort of hockey puck looking black disc that's, maybe it's uh, just burnt that what, no, Robbie, that's, that's blood pudding yeah that's what it is yeah yeah blood it's pudding made of, made of sheep blood yep um, um and then what is the brussels sprouts maybe i those probably, are probably yeah. mushrooms oh probably mushrooms, mushrooms maybe uh, maybe they are yeah um either yeah maybe those are mushrooms uh some sort of charred um vegetation of some sort (laughs) yeah um dude blood pudding yeah that's its own it's an english delicacy over there yeah i don't know i don't know if i could i mean my parents were over there in 2019 and they had a full english um without the blood just because they weren't but i don't know if i could i i'd maybe try it but i don't know i just if i could get over the blood thing i'd be fine it's just the mental block of eating what is essentially vulcanized blood yeah that's tough that's a tough look for britain that's what they eat for breakfast well like, sometimes it's no just wonder eat- we dipped out of there and started the 13 colonies I sometimes saw- it's just um beans on toast i saw a meme one time and I, it's, I can't i can't get over it uh for they were roasting the meme was roasting britain and it was like britain is still eating like they're hunkering in the subways during world war ii yeah and like st- <laughs> all, all these years later they are still eating the same food that they were eating in world war ii and like that was the gist of the meme i thought it was hilarious that is hilarious i'm all for clowning on on britain well, i'm for clowning on britain as well but um we do have a listener we do have a listener from england at least one tony gale who asked question last week so we don't want to we don't want to uh scare off our lovely listen to this episode and explain this 
bullshit. Yeah. Also, Tony, ex- explain like whether you're you're in favor of the English. Bre- like maybe he hates the English. Maybe he's like, oh, the English right. breakfast is embarrassing. Right. Like like there are things in the U.S. that I'm like, yeah, that's embarrassing. Like that's yeah, some shit fair. that like there's you know, no way like they eat this every day. Like no, no you way. couldn't. You know, there's some mutant out there that does though. Yeah, he probably sits down every morning, goes to the little pub, has a thing of Pint whatever. Of Car- nah, it's Irish, but Carlsberg or Newcastle Brown Ale, and hammers down an English breakfast at eight a.m. every morning or whatever. They, however, they do time over there with a brown ale. That just my stomach like cramps just at the thought of that. That is so heavy. Okay, getting back to the bratwurst part of this question. Yeah, sorry, uh, that was a nice turn- tangent. I think we've determined that that's not that weird, but it's bratwurst is just like a German sausage, basically. Right. It's. I mean, what? That, that's heavy. Three of them for breakfast. Oh, that's, that's heavy. He- to... Three is three would be heavy, heavy. Yes. So honestly, not not all that weird, Brian. You're you're safe from our ridicule. Britain uh, bore the brunt of that one. Britain yeah. is not safe from the ridicule. <laughs> I mean, I like bratwurst, so I can't. I mean, I wouldn't want to hammer down three at eight a.m. That's pretty. That's like could never. borderline serial killer behavior. Well, Robbie, <laughs> in what condition would you have to be in to be in the mood to hammer down three brats at eight in the morning? There, well, one, I'd have to be in college at a tailgate. <laughs> there you there go. Was, okay. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had hot dogs and stuff like that for tailgates at football games in the morning. Um, I'd have to be either hungover or at least enjoying some early morning bevs to uh to to get to pound down that much not like if i was like just hungry in the morning i'm like man i could really go for a bratwurst i wouldn't be anti that i wouldn't need any special like mental state but like if i was going for three and like throwing on the grill and shit i'm gonna need like yeah i'm gonna need some lubrication to help Let's hit him with the truth. You'd have to be slightly greased to to yeah. hammer down three. Three is pretty intense. And I, Brian. So Brian, my question to you this week is: What was the situation in terms of your sobriety state when you decided to wake up at eight a.m. and toss three um, brats on the grill? Because that's kind of psycho behavior. Did you have the pin down, break. Brian? Did you have the pin down? <laughs> All um, right, let's move on. Uh, question three coming from Brian. Do you think they should move DOC up to play with Sid and Raquel and put Jake with Gino and Smith? That'll free up Russ to play in the bottom six and hopefully boost some offense. I almost forgot this was a honky podcast at one point. We had spent so much time talking about <laughs> food and English breakfasts, but I actually like this idea because if you want to draw one conclusion through the first couple of games of the season, my my conclusion would be that it, the bottom six may, I mean, we kind of thought this going into the season, but the bottom six doesn't look like it may help you out too much offensively this season. They have good defensive impacts and it could really help you on the penalty kill. But if you can, at least in the short term, maybe move some of that offense, a la Brian Rust, as Brian mentions here, if you can move it down to the third line and maybe give some of that offense to to the top nine slash bottom six, I would be in favor of that. I think at some point you're going to see, not to get too overreactive here through the first less than five games, I think eventually you're going to see Kyle Dubas come to the realization, if he hasn't already, that this team needs more offense and you can't rely on Crosby and Malkin and company to continue to put in these offensive performances night in and night out. 
it was great against Calgary to see them come back and storm back in the third period. And Evgeny Malkin is off to a tremendous start to begin the season, but I don't think you can reasonably expect that pace to continue. So moving DOC up with Crosby, we saw some of that early success in the preseason. I think you can carry that over to some extent as the early part of the regular season gets underway. But this is eventually, this is going to be a situation where you're trying to put a Band-Aid over a massive gash and it's just not going to work. I think eventually Dubas is going to have to go out, whether it's through waivers or trade, at the trade deadline. And I don't want to talk about the trade deadline while we're in the middle of October, but I think eventually, if you are in the position to make a serious run, you can do that by going out and, and hitting another sort of offensive home run. Maybe not to the level of Eric Carlson, but just enough of a home run to where your de- your bottom six is going to give you something of an offensive pulse so you don't have to rely on Crosby and Malkin and company every night. Question number four, as we go back to Robbie here, question four comes from Brian. If it's Mike Sullivan and company's main objective to put the 12 best players on the ice to create the most competitive team, why is Jeff Carter still seeing ice time? Uh, So if you listen to our uh, recap episode from Saturday night where we talked about the Capitals uh, and Flames game, Snail and I kind of went on a little little uh, rantish kind of segment about this, basically this very same question. We tried not to. Yeah, but yeah, Snail was like, I'm going to be happy about it. I'm like, screw that. We're talking about Jeff Carter. Um, so, I mean, you knew this was happening. You knew this was going to happen. Why is he there? Because he's untradeable and putting him on waivers is not a possibility. Buying him out does nothing. Um, basically he is there whether we like it or not. The problem with it is that roster spot is being taken up by a 37, 38 year old, barely, barely mobile statue that could be easily used by a Vinny Hinestrosa, a Redeem Zahorna, a Alex Nylander. Literally anything would be better. It might be better putting a seventh defenseman on the ice and and playing him at a weight, like get Mark Friedman out there to be a psychopath for eight minutes a night. Pull Colby Armstrong out of the booth. Play with 22 men or 17 men. Put, let Nadalkovich go out and skate eight minutes a night in his full goalie gear. And he can just go out. Like it just, again, this was extremely fr- Why is he there? Because there's nothing else they can do with him. I would be of, I, I saw someone mention this before the season treating, Jeff Carter, like a backup or like a goalie situation on back to backs, as in pull him out on the second or, or the for whatever, however you want to manage it, and put a 13th forward, carry a 13th forward, and treat him as a like a back to back for a goalie situation. Pull him out, say you're resting him, put him in the booth, and let one of those guys uh, uh, get some ice time. Uh, guys like Hinestroza and Zahorna aren't really at this point gaining anything from being uh, in the in the AHL. This isn't like a 22-year-old prospect where you want him to get as much ice time at the pro level as possible. So you you have him in the AHL to get to get games and experience. Those guys benefit the benefit the the big club more than you do the AHL club. Uh, it's frustrating and 
he's there because there's nothing else they can do with him that doesn't financially uh, hurt them in the long run. You just got to get through this final season and uh, deal with it after that. Question number five from, from Brian again. They're all from Brian this week. Uh, Rob Rossi tweeted, it's been a while since Malkin's had a winger who compliments him the way that Riley Smith does. Bringing in Smith was overlooked as part of Dubas' offseason. Did we overlook uh, Riley Smith because of Eric Carlson? <clears throat> um, yeah, probably. I mean, by the when they picked up Riley Smith, hadn't there already been like rumblings of Carlson? So he, he was at that point. Maybe he wasn't directly linked to the Penguins, but it was it was starting to leak out that Carlson was going to be traded to a contender. And uh, at that point, yeah, we didn't know where he was going to go, but yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> maybe a little bit overlooked. The last time Gino had a winger that complimented him like Riley Smith is looking to would be the real deal James Neal, right? Is that probably the last winger he had that was that good? I don't think um, th- I don't think that's out of the, I, I don't think that's out of the ordinary to say to, to say that I, I, I would I probably agree with you. Yeah, at least at least one that stayed healthy. I mean, Zucker was really good with Malkin when he was on the ice. Um, yeah, so I'd say Neil probably as a stayed healthy and was productive like that um, until he uh, left town. Right. So yeah, maybe a little bit overlooked, but he certainly got all of our attentions. Now he's the chem- he's fitting in like a that perfect puzzle piece. He has the like the perfect type of game, I think, to be with Malkin. Malkin is so like offensively creative, and he's completely the driving force on his line. And you just need competent, smart players that ha- that can finish essentially. And Riley's got a Riley uh, Smith has got pretty good uh, hockey IQ, and he's got the finishing capability. So maybe a little bit overlooked, but not that's not going to last long um, if you aren't already paying attention. Uh, let's see your question number six from Brian. Uh, Brian thinks that the biggest acquisition the Pens got this offseason is the new scoreboard. That thing is massive in person, and I really hope all three of you get to see it in person. I totally forgot to either tell Brian or message him. I was at the home opener on that Tuesday against the Blackhawks. That was my first time seeing that scoreboard. And yeah, like Snail and Robbie, like Snail, whenever you catch that train over here to the to, to Pittsburgh and Robbie whenever you make a, another trek up here that scoreboard is it really is the real deal like there is no other way to describe it it's massive it is I don't I don't think anything's gonna rival what you see in AT&T Stadium uh down in Dallas the Jerry world that thing is in a league of its own but this scoreboard is state-of-the-art there's a reason why FSG decided to when they looked at the arena they said all right we got to get a new scoreboard in here that looks like it's going to be money well spent because i thought it was it was massive but from even from where i was sitting up top in like 228 i really didn't think it was a detractor in terms of what you saw on the ice if anything it helps you for when the penguins are on the opposite end of the ice and they're not in your section whenever they're on offense it helps you uh, it helped me at least when I was trying to, uh, you know, get a closer glimpse of the action when they were on the opposite end of the ice. So I think it was a great investment, money well spent in terms of arena upgrades. And yeah, whenever you two snail, whenever you get into Pittsburgh and Robbie, whenever you uh, have another game or two in Pittsburgh, you'll know that's the first thing you'll notice when you walk in. It is massive 
And I, like I said, I think it's just money well spent, a good arena upgrade to help the fan experience. Sweet. Question number seven, as we go back to Robbie here, question seven comes from Brian. Do you think Ryan Graves is going to be an adequate replacement for Brian Dumoulin? Prime Dumoulin was so incredibly good and criminally underrated that Brian thinks it will be a tall order to live up to. It's absolutely going to be a tall order because it kind of like it, the last two or three seasons kind of maybe put it to the back burner a little bit, just how good he was. But if you really go back to the, especially those cup winning years, just how good he was defensively. Now I will say, I think Graves might be a little bit better on the offensive side uh, than Dumoulin was. So maybe that outweighs what he isn't defensively, but I think overall, um, He's going to be maybe not at the peak Dumoulin level, but I think he can be a very, very good Dumoulin replacement. Again, the peak Dumoulin level, if they had um, a Norris trophy for defensemen, um, he would have been uh, definitely a finalist. He was that solid, that important to what the Penguins did. And um, it's unfortunate he did drop off the the way he did, but he will in the long run be remembered fondly in Pittsburgh. I hope Graves can be um, a partial Dumoulin replacement. With if he brings some more offense than Dumoulin did, uh, then maybe he provides uh, the same uh, the same positives, just with uh, in different areas. So uh, I like what I've seen from Ryan Graves so far, and um, hopefully, the more that him and Latang mesh together, the better he gets. So um, a pure defenseman Dumoulin replacement at his peak. Uh, uh, I don't think he's quite that level because of how good Dumoulin was, but I think he'll be more than adequate um, as Latang's new partner. Uh, question number eight, uh, going back to Snell here. Uh, off the ice, Snell and I are flow bros, but on the ice, the real flow, bo- flow bros are uh, Graves and Latang. Uh, Graves got a real head of lettuce on him. That he does. Tanger has unbelievable hair. Like that dude is bl- his b- blessed with genetics. Uh, so is so is Graves. I mean, dude, he's like six five. Really, really nice hair. Just a tall drink of water. Uh, must be nice. Some guys just have it all. Uh, I was trying to think who else. There was someone else I was noticing playing the other day that just has like great, great hair. Uh, did I message you guys in the group chat? Someone had group chat. Nah, it's I'm neither here sure. nor there. <laughs> it's never mind. But yeah, I agree. Uh, first pair defenseman with great hair. It's just must be nice, right? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Question nine. Brian asks, <laughs> this is awesome. Would you rather have the superpower to eat without getting fat or the superpower to eat everything for free. <laughs> we are definitely roundtabling this question. Uh, as I start, I think, I mean, I really didn't do too much thinking with this question. If for me, it would be eat without getting fat. I mean, that if I could have like an S tier metabolism to where I wouldn't get fat after everything, all of like all the heavy carb stuff that I love to eat, like Italian food and, uh, Chinese food, American Chinese, that is. Well but, done steak. Yeah, well done steak, well done burgers. I mean, all, all of that stuff. Snail's right. Uh, I would absolutely love to devo- devour all of my favorite food groups and not gain a single pound. 
just have a chiseled six-pack and just eat cupcakes and pizza and hoagies and pierogies and pasta and all of that stuff. So that's an easy, easy one for me. Uh, we'll go to Robbie here. Robbie, what superpower between the two would you rather have? Uh, easily the 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 latter there. Uh, eat everything without – oh, no, sorry, the former. Eat everything without gaining weight. Um, I believe that if you make good food, you should be paid for it, and I'm completely fine with paying for, for great food, and I'd love to just be able to – like you see on Instagram and TikTok and all these fantastic – like it just all this great food all over the world and it just all looks so good that I wish I could just eat all of it and never gain a pound. It would be absolutely fantastic. That, that is, that's the dream uh, to eat and never get fat. I think, I think if we pose this question to the masses, um, it would very easily overwhelmingly be eat and not get fat. There'd be some hero out there trying to tell you that it's have some control or whatever. Just eat oh, free have control, guy. dude. Screw that. I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys though. I totally, I would take not getting fat, dude. It's winter. Winter. Old man winter is making his way down, and uh, I mean, I, I ride. I mostly ride my bike as like my main like getting around town. I haven't. Uh, That's got to be fun right now. Oh yeah, that has well, it's to be. just not really happening as much, just because ah. it's so it's getting cold and it's rainy. But the bike is being used less, and uh, the the frequency of meals and snacks is increasing. Ah. And uh, those winter pounds are slowly starting to be put on. So I like feel this question way too much. I'm fine with paying for food, but. Uh, God, if I could just, if I could skate by, if I had, like you said, Garrett, like a really great metabolism, maybe my answer would be different, but I would take eat with eating without getting fat every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday, indeed. Question number <laughs> 10. We're not going to Robbie for question 10. This is a snail specific question. Uh, Brian wants an update from you, snail, regarding how your Fraser viewing is going and uh, Brian notes that the Fraser reboot just premiered, I believe, on Paramount Plus. So you have even more to take in if and when you get done with the original rewatch of Fraser. Are you still watching Fraser? Is the question. Uh, no, it's it's October. Uh, once it hits October first, I go into full on spooky season mode. I try to watch a horror movie a night or a, a spooky, uh, you know, show of some sort. I've been watching The Last of Us. Um, recently oh uh, that is so good that's so good actually just finished it last night so fantastic great series have you guys played the game yeah i i yeah. did not play part two i played part one yeah okay I so parts, i didn't yeah. make it that I, I i didn't make it that far into the game i gave up and then i just watched i wanted to finish the game before i watched the series i put it off for months and i just it got to be that time of year i was running out of options for new new content to watch so i i started watching it um haven't been Frasier is on the back burner, but I did see I I so they made a remake of it. They rebooted the series with not the entire same cast. Kelsey Grammer, who plays Frasier, he's obviously uh, back as the the titular character. I don't know how many other characters are in the the reboot. Frasier's on screen dad passed away years ago. Yeah. Um. Again. Uh, um. Um. And Niles' actor, the name is escaping me. 
uh, David Hyde Pierce. I believe that's right. Yes, I think that's he did not sign on for the reboot, so he's not there. Um, but Fraser, the the titular character, is there for the reboot. Again, I don't know who else has carried over. From... Oh, okay, so they just made it like a new season of it, essentially. Basically, yeah. He's like what twenty years? He'd have to be like twenty years older. Yeah. So basically, yeah. He's got to be ancient now. He was old in the original one. He looked old, but I don't think he was that old. Like when they filmed it in the oh, late really? 90s. I, I don't know. I would imagine Kelsey Grammer has to be in his early sixties, mid sixties, maybe. Oh, okay. Kelsey Grammer is. I was just looking it up actually. Kelsey Grammer is sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Okay. So uh, that may, not... you know what that's that that lines up considering what how he looked in the original Frasier. Yeah. So yeah, I have not been watching Frasier. Um, have you? Do you? Have you guys been watching any? Uh, any like spooky stuff? Any? Any horror movies? Garrett, you don't seem like a horror movie guy to me. You're right because I am not. That's not my sister. My older sister and my brother-in-law. They love. They, my my older sister loves Halloween. She started decorating for Halloween like early September, and she's had decorations up ever since. So they love that sort of stuff. I I I don't really do the horror. I, I, I fully I will fully admit that I jump scare way too easily. Um, so I, I don't do the spooky, scary movies or anything like that. Robbie? Uh, I mean, I've watched like your typical Halloweens, like um, Halloween. Um, uh, I've seen all the saws. Not I don't know if all of them. I've There's a, a ton movie. of saws. Yeah. I just I recently I learned. I can't say if I've seen seen all of them or not there's like a whole saw extended universe um <laughs> so i can't really say that i've seen all of them let me see what else um nightmare on elm street sure like the classics yeah the classics mostly um i haven't really watched any yet this year though i feel it yeah it's a for me it's a it's a daily thing a nightly thing oh, okay. so yeah but i will get back to fraser i i have i have it's come to mind a couple of times but Gonna have to wait for uh, for November to dive back into that show, and I'll update you accordingly, Brian. Well, fellas, ten questions in, ten questions out. We have tackled part one of this week's mailbag. Part two will be coming at you later this week. Uh, until then, I will continue to deal with these two terrible co-hosts of mine who continue to insult me and take my dignity away from me as they continue to chastise my choice of meat. And I, I will continue to eat my well-done meat, and I will continue to love eating my well-done meat. But, uh, boy, you know, out of context, do not take any of what I just said out of context. Uh, I don't know if anyone watches this is going to clip this, but that is just horrendous. What I just It just clicked in my head. Uh, I can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see Snail just pissing his pants right now. But uh, until then, until we get to part two later this week, I have been Garrett Behanna for Robbie Noggle for Snail. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Skating Penguin Network Mailbag, and we will talk to all of you again very soon.